0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another District of Confusion Thursday night hangout. Stay night. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, I am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific comrade himself, Zilius.
1: It is good to see you here on this fabulous Thursday where we do the podcast stuff, where we talk about the things with the people.
0: Yes, yes, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you. If you have not submitted a topic or if you want to add in on a topic that we're discussing or perhaps all of a sudden light bulb goes off and you're like, oh, my God, we need to talk about this, just drop it in the chat. We'll add it to the show. If we do, unfortunately, run out of time, we will add it to the very next show. I have a light bulb. Light bulb.
1: You know what we're missing? What's that? An ultra confusion... Fedora,
0: ultra confusion Fedora. I will, I will look into that, Zelius. I'm I, I don't know if that's possible, but I will look into the Fedora for just for Zelius, okay?
1: Oh, bad. That, that would be the end of my sanity.
0: Um. So, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's get into some of the news. Now, I think the biggest topic that's been going around as of late is this. Weird situation that's happening uh, with Bethesda, id Software, uh, Doom, and the Doom OST, which is the original soundtrack, and oh, yes. the composer behind it. Um, man, I have, ne- I have not seen... I mean, these guys are going at each other. Uh, Bethesda released a statement, I believe it was yesterday, saying, the recent post by Mick Gordon, uh, who is the, the uh, musical artist... Uh, Both mischaracterized and misrepresented the team at id Software. The development of Doom Eternal, Marty Stratton, and Chad Mossholder with a one-sided and unjust account of an irreparable professional relationship. We are aware of all the details and history in this matter and unequivocally support Marty, Chad, and the team at id Software. We reject the distortion of the truth and selective presentation of incomplete facts. We stand ready with full and complete documented evidence to disclose in an appropriate venue as needed. The the statements posted online have incited harassment and threats of violence against Marty, Chad, and the id Software team. Any threats or harassment directed towards members of our teams will be met with swift and appropriate action to protect their health and safety. We remain incredibly proud of Id's previous collaborations with Mick Gordon and ask that fans refrain from reaching conclusions based on his account and, more importantly, from attacking any of the individuals mentioned on either side, including Marty, Chad, or Mick. Okay. So, the... What? I am going to give you uh, a little bit of the story. So, uh, Mick Gordon is, like I said, is the, the maestro behind the Doom... Uh, soundtrack. Um, uh, this past E3, they, in uh, Software, made a surprise announcement uh, that they were going to release, if you get the collector's edition, you're not only going to get the game, but you're also going to get the OST. At the time, there was no such thing as the OST. Now, um, I, I want to be very, very clear about something. I don't care how big a company you are or how small a company you are. If you are getting a third party to come in uh, and contract work with you. You make sure that that contract is ironclad and that even if, and I want I, I want to make this abundantly clear, even if you end up not using the stuff that you contracted that person for, you still have to pay them. See, so here's the problem. Um another fun fact see as once upon a time I was in game development I can I can give you a little bit more insight um this composer uh, Mick was told to create music for levels that weren't actually made yet I I can honestly tell you that it is hard to make something to kind of you know increase or or make the 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 um the experience more immersive if you don't know what the hell is supposed to be happening it'd be like trying to get voice actors to act out a scene without the script well we have a we have a deadline we got you know we got to do this if
1: that's actually how Hans Zimmer kind of does his stuff he doesn't even know like the full story of the movies
0: so but so not not only first of all he was under con- uh, this guy. Mick was under contract to make the music for the game. He was not under contract for the OST, which is a separate piece. Yes, nope. it shared the name, however, it's a separate project. And what ended up happening was that um, uh, what was supposed to be an entire Mick Gordon uh, original soundtrack turned out to be. Like 11 of like the 50, I think, um, songs on there were Mick, and then there was an audio a lead audio engineer uh, who created the rest of them. Now, it is never, ever, ever, ever appropriate to try to threaten physical violence towards another individual, or try to go after a company for something that one or two individuals are guilty of. You can't. I, I understand that. You know, you want A lot of people are lumping all of id software in this in this thing, but it really comes down to the peep the, the the individuals who are uh, part of creating this contract and not paying or changing shit to uh, you know uh, unreasonable stuff. But if you ha- if you set deadlines. With with a third uh, third party vendor, and then you start pushing up those deadlines. Uh, by the way, uh, Doom Eternal had crazy ass crunch on the development side. Um, they are a con. Their contract does not. They are not a full time employee. You can't try to squeeze them for everything, unless it's in the contract.
1: Isn't so, that about this job though? Hmm. Isn't that a boss's job to squeeze every last ounce of joy out of their life in order to get the project out just in time? Unfortunately, that
0: that is the the bad stereotype, and really gets reinforced a lot in the video game industry. Is that yes, the boss's job is to squeeze and burn them and turn them. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, but but when you're dealing with a contract worker, you can't really burn them and turn them. But anyways, so this is not going to go any way uh, away anytime soon, uh, Mick has already come out and he's put, uh, a much more detailed, um, account of what, what all went on. He, um, if you go to our discord, uh, I've, I've posted a link to his entire response. Uh, I do find it interesting that it looks like Bethesda doesn't want to get involved, you know, go through the legal stuff, but at the same time, they're, they're like, you know, uh, we'll disclose it in the appropriate venue if possible. So this is going to court. Let's just be honest. This this is going to go to court. And we'll see. Okay. Nice. That, I, I mean, okay. Here's, here's something that, once again, as having been a developer before, and this is something that I learned from Full Sail University. Um, this was something that that we were taught was that when you get someone outside of your group to create uh, models, uh, music, uh, level layouts, um, you know the the graphic design, you know the 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 look of the letters and all that stuff, you have to be very very specific. Um, and if you're not, you still have to pay for whatever they give you. Uh, Josh says, luckily I think crunch is being addressed by the majority of the industry. And as for the composer, the details of the contract holds the answer. Either Id had the upper hand or didn't, simple as that. And I believe that, um, I believe if you were to read the contract, I believe the, 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 uh, the composer has the upper hand. However, uh, Id, is trying to add its own spin or interpretation on the contract. Um, So I bet, you know, we'll we'll see. This this story is definitely not gonna go any way anytime soon. Um,
1: See, this is why I just don't read. It just makes my life a lot simpler. I prefer ignorant bliss.
0: Believe me, this, this, unfortunately, um, that was the approach I took with politics for a long, long time, and then (laughs) crazy shit happened, and now I actually have to frickin' pay attention.
1: I just follow you, pay attention, and do what Twitter tells me to do.
0: Yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea, especially after Elon Musk bought it. Okay. Exactly. Let, let's go from one, you know, crazy-ass story. That's why lawyers exist. True. Um, let's go from one crazy-ass story to another crazy-ass story. Ladies and gentlemen, though, the, I mean, this game was announced back in 2019, but this thing is truly actually happening and it's a game called i am jesus christ and you are going to be uh this is a first person game where you will be playing the part of the christian um prophet uh son of god whatever you want to say um you'll be playing him and you will be going from nativity to crucifixion you will be experiencing all of of Jesus's life to me this seems like an attempt at a quick shock sale I'm, I'm sorry but one you're not you're you're not gonna please all the Christians two this even if it, Even if you do, if you find some way to, to appease all the Christians, it better be the most spot perfect game. And also, but then again, at the same time, you have those people who will point out that the Bible is very contradictory and a lot of stuff that Jesus does and is, you know, um, ooh, actually roll that back. Fun fact, uh, the story of Jesus, there's a big ass gap in it for those of you. Water into wine. I'm in exactly Sam Grizzle. Um, he he's born, and then all of a sudden he's an adult. So, are we are we getting to play? I want to see the horrors of Babylon. Who knows? Are we going to get to see his awkward, you know, teen years? His teenage years? Yeah. What ex-
1: angsty angst Jesus? Are
0: are we are are we going to? And where's the source material for that? Is it going to be one of the Gospels that? that's uh, been hidden away or rejected by whatever denomination of Christianity you are.
1: I'm going to assume I'm going out I'm here without knowing anything about the game. It's basically yep. probably going to follow the gospels basically. And just, you're basically going to go probably straight into his, you know, life of ministry would be my assumption. So um,
0: you're going to, you're going to do like a, like high five, the the uh, the um you know thanks for the frankincense and myrrh and gold and then fl- uh, flash forward to his ministry.
1: Uh, I guess I mean, uh, uh... the seeds. Like, can I? like is there a way to stop like you know, Judas from betraying you? I know. Or like can you like fight your way out of the crucifixion? You know, you're gonna tell Peter to actually pick up that sword and fight oh, for no. your life.
0: There is um hold on. I don't
1: know. It's I mean, you never know. Like you think about The game about it, is designed
0: of- to be replayable with different choices leading to different outcomes. Oh Christ.
1: Oh, <laughs> pun
0: no intended. pun intended <laughs> or maybe pun intended. I don't know.
1: But it's funny because if you think about it, like, I mean, if you're playing, let's just say the true to the Gospels, we'll just assume they're true for the sake of the argument. It's not really a choose your own adventure. Yeah. It's kind of like there's like one storyline. Um, so I'm mean, kind of curious to see like what, like, it doesn't matter which of the four Gospels you decide to choose today. They all result in crucifixion and burial. Like so, how do you have like a different ending? Uh, it would be interesting, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, like like uh, this time, I, I'm I'm not going to have him as one of my apostles.
1: <laughs> there you go. You can. This choose time, your- I'm
0: going to make one of the fish that I magically created uh, as my second in command. Like I, this seems. I, like I said, I think that this is going to. Unfortunately, I mean, I, this might be a phenomenal game. I mean, these these developers might truly have their heart and souls into it. But I, I think there's like a 95% chance that this game will be turned into like infinite uh, memes and people trying to do the dumbest shit possible to just wreck it.
1: Sam Grizzle says your
0: character never dies. He's,
1: you get to follow his path. You can perform over 30 miracles. Apparently, you have a Holy Spirit power where you can perform miracles.
0: What happens if you yeah. lose the Holy Spirit? What if you go chaotic evil? Jesus, uh, Jesus goes goth.
1: Oh, you do get to experience his crucifixion and death.
0: <laughs> with forced feedback. That's going to go over real well. And yeah, they're there's driving like a road, the nails through your hand.
1: I don't know if it's like a mana bar or a health bar or what it is of like some kind of meter in the game that I'm seeing. Yeah, um, which is funny because if you want to go all like you know, biblical, technically he's God, so therefore he has infinite power, so there is no need for a meter. True, you can have a
0: meter, just never, uh, you know. Depleted. Yeah, it
1: never gets depleted. Like it's always full, I guess would be a way of looking at it. Um, but it changes colors. Ooh.
0: It starts off as a clear, watery, and then turns to a, a nice rose.
1: You get to interact with 60 characters.
0: What? And what? I know this is, this is so bad. And I apologize, big guy upstairs, but. Um, what kind of interactions are we talking about?
1: Oh dear gosh. <laughs> well it depends which uh, heretical sect are you part of and that he had relations with Mary Magdalene.
0: Or maybe he was a free loving guy who had relations with a
1: lot of everyone. I mean that was I mean there are sects that do believe that Jesus did do those type of things that he wasn't just yeah, so are they going to follow the traditional Christian, or actually, which denomination are they following? Catholic, you're Catholic Baptist, versus, You know, there are different denominations. You have different interpretations of what happened.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, this one, I, I this is just trouble. I mean, this, this just trouble.
1: Well, think like, even like any of the games that have like religion. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll go as far as, like, probably the best example is Smite. Yeah. Where they take the ancient, you know, Roman pantheons, but you don't really see games or movies or TV shows really touch, you know, modern religion too much. um, Because it just ends up creating usually not positive controversy. Yes. Um, You know the old saying, any news is good news? Usually not when it comes to religion um is when it concerns your work of fiction um yeah yeah so that'd be curious I thing, it has worked for some shows like so warrior nuns pretty popular I don't know hear, hear too many controversies over that or you have the whole um brown series which I find kind of terrible but that's okay um Wait the what series? What's his? I can't remember his first name. Brown with Tom Hanks.
0: Oh, the Dan Brown stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, um,
1: angels and demons and the Angel D- uh
0: da Vinci da Vinci color and you know, that stuff. Yeah. No, uh, when you said Brown, I immediately thought of the 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 actor who plays um uh the the father of the Weasleys and uh oh, yeah, I and can see Harry Potter. He is actually uh there, There's a BBC series. BBC TV series, and he—it's uh, called Father Brown, and oh. he is like a, a crime-solving priest. I did not know that. It's it's pretty good. I mean, it's huh. it's stupid and it's campy, but it's it's good. Um, but yeah, I mean,
1: but it's curious because, like, I don't see like—is there a cost to this game? Because there's no like way to pre-order or anything.
0: Right. Uh, hell, it might just be vaporware. I mean, it might just be trying to drum up. Uh, you know, you know, what'd be excellent is once they get enough people either rallying against it or for it, they're like, look, we understand that was a, you know, um, a very touchy topic and we decided to utilize what we've gained through that game to create this game (laughs) since we've got all your eyes on us. How about this game that has nothing to do with religion, but look how pretty and polished it is a little switcheroo.
1: So, apparently, this publisher has put out other games, though. So, it's not like... It other game. religious games, though? Uh, from what I'm seeing, I'm just quickly looking now. It's like Party Maker and Mythbusters and Builder Simulators.
0: Ah, so nothing as deep as this one. No. Um You have to do a strength check to see if you can roll the rock away from your tomb.
1: <laughs> if not, are you not resurrected? You're just a normal <laughs> pleb like you're the just rest here. of us? hello
0: hello i'm still in here okay anyways moving on
1: like are you gonna experience the rapture is revelation gonna happen
0: Ooh. Hair, krishna shave head and pass out brochures at the airport (laughs) that's what you you evolve into somebody else you come back that would be interesting And they'd burn the, the earth to the ground. Okay, so let's let's move off of I am Jesus Christ, the first person game, and let's talk about um, let's talk about a weird, twisted twisted thing that um, I, let's see when does this actually come out. So maybe last week or two weeks ago, the creator of the Oculus Rift for some really crazy reason has decided he's got way too much free time Mm. probably because he's got a shit ton of money because he sold the oculus rift to meta or i guess at the time facebook um and so he created a, a vr headset that will actually kill you in real life he took inspiration from sword art online
1: oh dear that seems like a terrible idea Seems like uh okay. I have a really wouldn't have any re- repeat business. I have a really morbid idea. What's that? So somebody's on death row, right? Like this is something that probably come out of like Judge Dredd, right?
0: Yeah.
1: It's futuristic. You know, people are in death. Actually, those are there a game actually based around this idea, where like you basically have the criminals who would fight in these games, and like they actually like affected their real life.
0: Um, gamer with uh, yeah. Gerard Butler or Jared yeah. Butler, whatever, yeah, you, whatever the do. pronunciation is. Yeah,
1: yeah. You can take like this concept and basically turn it into, like the gamer slash death race, and now it's like entertainment for the masses, where we could put this on the you know death row criminals, and you know gives them a chance to win their freedom if they do well enough, and you know throwing a little Hunger Games where you can get like a little bit of favor from like sponsors. To give like, you know, your people power ups of like, you know, so they can shoot fireballs and stuff. I don't know. So I think we get like all these different like, you know, post-apocalyptic, futuristic type of genres together for our games for entertainment. Right. I mean, it sounds logical. We're already on that path with this VR system. Might as well put it to practical use. So, is this how like I've realized is this? How like politicians and sports people, like you know, you get like quotes taken out of context, yeah, where it's like that's not what I actually said at all. Whereas here, I'm being like, the throwing mage should play games to the death for entertainment of people,
0: yeah. He, uh, no, the thing is, oh my god, okay, so uh, it's it's not him going, you know, it would be cool, it's he actually did this. Uh, he claims he has made a headset, headset capable of killing its user via three explosive charges that could be triggered if the player dies in virtual reality.
1: How do you prototype this? Like, do you actually prototype it like on a mouse?
0: <laughs> like That's everything.
1: True. Else? But, and and, and
0: it, what's the fail safe? Like, you know, <laughs> if let's say there someone hacks the code and you know sets off those explosives, and you were. It's, it's the, it's like the terrible next step at swatting.
1: Yeah. No, I think I'll pass. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm,
0: I, I really, it, um, he says, uh, he believes the, uh, ultimate realism in VR can only come from having such extreme stakes. Well, no shit, Sherlock, but I'm going to be totally honest with you. If it, if there is a game to be played in which I might actually truly die.
1: Uh, I'm going to find another game to play. Like a lot. I guess, you know, it's like free climbing, right? Like yeah. once someone's free climbing, you're going to die. So, you know, maybe some people have that crazy need for, you know, the veteran or what they get from living on the edge in, not dying, basically. So maybe that's what this is, Taylor Ford is the,
0: the, you know, uh, the, uh, what do you call them? Um,
1: sports, like, the, the extreme junkies. junkies. Yeah, extreme junkies.
0: Yeah. No, God, Jesus. No, God. There's, there's so many. Ah, no, no, I don't No, That's not me. It's not for me. Look, I'm you sure. I, look, the, the, just to take it one slight step back, dot hack, the storyline is that, people would fall into a mysterious coma where basically their spirits or their minds would be trapped in the game, but their body would be comatose. Mm. That's scary enough. But to ramp it up to the next level, go, yeah, by the way, uh, built into your VR headset is three uh, explosive charges that if you die inside the game, will blow your brain open. Brain open. It just doesn't... Yes, I'm sure there's people out there like, yeah, let's do it. Spawn point, heaven. Well, I guess that's one way to not have uh, uh, camping.
1: (laughs) Spawn camping? Oh, you died in your spawn. Too bad. (laughs) You you just got to play the uh, Jesus game, and you haven't read enough prayer to move the boulder out of the way to resurrect your character.
0: Use the Holy Spirit power. Oh, Lord. Anyways. I mean, cool, scary as hell. I, you know, um, I will you know, watch. You
1: should put that towards like actually building a stay oasis with an actual non-lethal heptic suit.
0: Yes, God yes. I'm still, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, hopefully the the vast majority of the audience understands. When we keep saying the oasis. The oasis is a it's a fictitious operating system that was uh, that's basically a center point. In an amazing novel called Ready Player One. There's mm. also a movie. I've d i still have I own the movie, but I haven't watched it simply because I'm scared that it's going to suck. So I haven't gotten the courage to watch it. The movie's good. Like okay. I, I I thought it was fine. I have all the Funko pops for it.
1: You're weird. You buy movies and you don't watch them because oh no. You're a little afraid that it's not going to be identical to the books.
0: No, 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 I'm afraid that it won't live up to the hype that I've built up in myself. It That was good. You should watch it. All right, I'll watch it. Add it to the list of things for Charlie to watch. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to take a quick pause to thank all the amazing people that help Alter Confusion continue to be Alter Confusion. So uh, I'm going to tell – I'm going to – Give you these beautiful, amazing friends of the show, and then I will tell you how you, my friend, can become a friend of the show as well. Are
1: we a friend of the show just by being here?
0: You could be even. You could have not only could you can you enjoy the show, but you can actually get a shout out during the show. Uh, So the first shout out goes to the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to help to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For information go to indiecluster.com. Indiecluster. The next shout out we got to give is Noodleboy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tren, Noodleboy Media, previously White Kid 47 media is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out Facebook.com slash Noodleboy Noodle Media.
1: Noodle oh. Media!
0: The next shout-out goes to someone who I actually need to call because I need some help uh and that is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom creative expression and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They want, they make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to herochiropractic.com. Now, The next shout-out we have to give is to the amazing maestro who helped us in a jam that we didn't foresee ourselves falling into uh, when it came to non-copyrighted music suddenly becoming copyrighted. And that, of course, is Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Now the final shout out we got to give is to probably our longest supporting patron. And that, of course, is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both a development team and a system administration team working on satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the Agile evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that you are on the edge of your seat. You have to know, how do I get to be a friend of the show and get a shout-out during every single Thursday Night Hangout? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to tell you that all confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you, and so we have a patron page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demi-gods, international beings, gods, demons, alien supporters, and many more, to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have two levels. We have a $1 a month or $12 a year level, and that will get you access to the Early Access Playthroughs uh, that get posted once a month at this current time, and also patron-only posts that will help shape the future of Alter Confusion. Now, I know you're feeling a little extra frisky, so there's a $5 level that's $5 a month or $60 a year, and not only do you get everything at the $1 level, but you also get gain the ability to become a friend of the show and you will get a weekly shout out during every single Thursday night hangout. Either your organization or your name will be added to that thank you section every single week. So ladies and gentlemen, become a patron today. Now, I, yesterday. I know that, the, that it is already past, but there is still time, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to help Donate to the amazing thing that we do every single year. Ladies and gentlemen, Ultra Confusion is proud to say that we have successfully fundraised for Extra Life for 11 straight years. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, game, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money we've raised through Extra Life goes directly to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, there's still time. Go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion. Now, um, I definitely need to update. uh, I need to put a new slide, but ladies and gentlemen, I, I know that I've been talking about this and you may have already noticed this amazing hat that I'm wearing, uh, but Altered Confusion actually has some merchandise and we are in the process of adding two more items. I just can't tell you what those two are right now, but currently we have a a vinyl sticker and this amazing Altered Confusion hat, which is available if you go to alteredconfusion.tv slash merch, I believe. Zealous, can you double check that real quick? I think it's merch. suspense is killing us, ladies and gentlemen. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. It is merch. Haha! I am smart. I have brain cells today for this current moment in time. So, anyways, uh, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be a patron, please go to Patreon.com/slash/AlterConfusion. If you want to help, donate to Extra Life. Go to Extra-Life.org. Search for Alter Confusion. And, of course, if you want some, ulti- some sweet Altric Confusion merch, just go to altriconfusion.tv slash merch. That's M-E-R-C-H. Let's move on to the next story. The next story is... Okay, here's the question. Are we ever going to truly have uh, a successful cloud gaming platform or are we going to have all these juggernauts jump in there going, we're going to have something for a couple of years, and then we're going to shut it down. Uh, as many of you know, Google Stadia has gone. And now there are starting to be signs that Amazon's Luna Cloud Gaming might be suffering the same fate, though it's not been confirmed. Um, what uh, is being confirmed is that Amazon is uh, basically, laying off employees across varieties, ver- a variety of divisions, including Luna Cloud Gaming. According to some reports, Amazon is aiming to axe 10,000 jobs, uh, and they've already started the process. Damn. Now, um, some people may point to the 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 the. The simple fact is that the new head of Amazon, who I believe, uh, Andy Jassy, has not instilled the confidence of a Jeff Bezos. And um, yeah, Uh, apparently uh, $1.9 trillion in market cap has already evaporated since Jassy has taken over.
1: Oh, poor Amazon. What will they ever do?
0: I don't know. Do more Black Friday specials.
1: Every day's now Black Friday special. Yes, haha,
0: and Amazon Prime prices will increase. Anyway, so um, you know, I the this, the cloud gaming stuff it, in my mind is on is basically on par with the VR gaming thing. It's a cool idea, and. It should work, but it's still not there.
1: Well, I think more, I think the first real step that we're already partly to for the most part is the hybrid, meaning always online games. So, for instance, like any basically FPS or MMO game, you're basically playing that game online. I know you have the local client. And then you have the server they're playing on. So you already kind of have this hybrid model in a way that's been going on for years already. Um, I think what it'll really take eventually, honestly, is remember one of the big rumors when I think it was the Xbox specifically, when like the current gen Xbox was coming out, was that it was basically going to be an online streaming device. I don't remember, yeah. but that was at the time. There were speculations because of the patents they were filing that that would be, and there was this whole like crazy like cloud computing nexus thing that was going on with it, yep. and that was like the big rumor is like you would basically leverage all the other Xboxes to use your computing power for your own Xbox. Um, didn't happen, obviously, and it's just a normal Xbox. But ultimately, I think that's what's going to take is basically one of the consoles to successfully implement the online gaming in the way of the Luna or the Stadia, wherever we're going to call it. Um, I think that's where it's going to come from. And I don't think it's going to be in the, you know, PS6 version, whenever that comes out. Uh, But I think eventually it's going to happen. And ultimately, it comes down to money there's going to come a tipping point where economically it makes more sense from a publisher and developer perspective to stream the games than to have the end users download it. And that's ultimately what's going to come down to is where does it make more economic sense for that to be the case? Who knows when that's going to be? Um, because I think that'll also lower eventually. Because remember, the whole other benefit when they were speculated by the Xbox was it was also going to require much less computational power from the hardware itself. So now all of a sudden, both Sony and Microsoft would be able to save production costs on this device, which is typically actually a loss leader. Like they're not actually making money off that hardware. So that's I think that's where it's going to come from is at what point is it going to make these big companies money? is really where that tipping point is going to come is that 10 or 20 years i don't know but at some point it will happen and i think it's not just that like everything's going to be basically a virtual service of some sort you'll start to have something installed on your whole local device like there's still some client there but i think you'll see more and more over time Now, the other big hurdle, though, to be fair, as I know we talk about many times in the show, is U.S. data caps. Um, And that is a pretty big hurdle that, unfortunately, is not going away anytime soon. So I don't know what the answer to that is, other than our bloody, stupid politicians doing something and get off their anti-competitive asses about it.
0: They need to remove the... the, um... Uh, the law that states that an outside company cannot uh, impede upon an existing services footprint when it comes to uh, telecommunication. And that, yeah. but that will, but the telecommunication, the telecommunication companies pay people too much for that to happen. But to be in tr- true honesty, um, I think that to if to make streaming or to create the, the God of streaming, uh, game streaming, cloud gaming, all that stuff. It's going to have to take a partnership from one of the big companies, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, probably not Nintendo. Uh, so Microsoft or Sony or some magical th- or Amazon or Google or, or something to do a partnership with, uh, an ISP, which of course that would create a hell of a monopoly. And wouldn't it because mm-hmm. Not only can you have your, whatever your amazing download and upload speeds, but also if you're with this service, you, uh, the, your cloud gaming does not affect your data cap.
1: Well, let's be real though. If an ISP can own a streaming service and a media company.
0: Yeah. I mean, love Comcast.
1: Yeah, so that's already a reality, which I don't think it should be allowed, but it already is a reality, to your point, that is, unfortunately, for the consumer, um, probably the next logical step in that regard. Yeah. Um, I do think, you know, the fact that you've had both Amazon and I'm assuming Amazon stepping back from it based on this article, and the Stadia failing... it's still gonna be a ways off. Like, it's not something that's like right around the corner.
0: Well, I mean, the the thing is, in in order for to... to, The the reason why VR, or any, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not, okay. I'm gonna basically just categorize cloud gaming as a third party peripheral, okay? Just so that I can make it go faster. The reason why these third party peripherals do not truly catch on and become integral parts of the gaming that we see today is that there isn't that one you know must have title or there isn't that one company that truly throws their entire weight behind that third party peripheral um you know that's truly that's that that's what will stop vr from becoming mainstream, but I can have meetings. I've seen so many of those, you know, virtual meeting uh, uh, sound uh, sessions uh, going on. Yeah, that that's just Meta trying to make money. Nobody it's, actually wants nope. that. First of all, the infrastructure to actually make that work would be insane. Uh, second of all, uh, on, on a large scale, I mean, yeah, if, if you and your buddy wanna have a virtual meeting in, in Meta, and you both have a VR headset and, and have, you know, uh, comparable, um, hardware that can truly support it, then yeah, by all means, you know, have your meetings that way, but that's not mainstream. That, that's it. An- like,
1: like the company I work for, we're hundred percent remote Yeah, and we're like 3000 employees. So that would also then require the company to send all of us this not cheap nope. hardware. You know, all of a sudden, you're going to have to be telling, like, think about, like, you and I, like, we're tech savvy, probably the people watching this. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to be telling, like, you know, basically the equivalent of our moms. Oh, here's your VR kit. Now you have to hook this up to your, you know, laptop or PC or whatever. Like, no.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no,
1: yeah. (laughs) And, oh, the motion sickness issue is still real.
0: Yes, yes
1: um yeah. although i'm not gonna lie i want the ps5 vr 2.
0: i think there's quite a few people out there that would would be uh would agree with you zealys
1: if i get the pre-register i'm actually buying it
0: <gasps> yes then you'll have to but tell me about it
1: i'll say though that's another not instrument think of would say so right now you get a console or a pc right mm-hmm. and i think there is a like there's a money sink bias. Meaning, for the PC, you know you have to buy a keyboard and mouse and you have to have a monitor, right? Right. And you know for your console, you have to have a, you know, TV or monitor and then your gamepad, right? Yep. But now all of a sudden, you're talking, I mean, I benefit. I have the disposable income where I could throw $600 down on the VR if if I really wanted to, right? Mm -hmm. That's more than the original price. Of the any of the consoles. Yep. So there is a, absolutely a cost disincentive for VR. And the other big disincentive is, you know, you buy your keyboard, a mouse, or monitor, they could last for literally decades. Whereas the PSV version 1 is not compatible with the game. Like the game library for PSV 1 is not compatible with the PlayStation 5 VR 2. And that's the whole issue with the difference between like the meta, the Oculus, and the PlayStation 5, and all these different systems. The Vive. The Vive. You have these different platforms. And we talked about this years ago. You're the one who always said, I mean, even you've been saying this one for many years, where the lack of a common SDK is also a killer. And I'll fully admit, me buying a VR 2 when I can get my hands on one, I'm on the fringe on that. Like, it is not a... It's not going to be the common gamer who has that. And you are right. Until you have that common SDK is absolutely an issue. Um, yeah,
0: so uh, it's... Yeah. The the other thing is, especially when it comes to gaming console, uh, it's it's going to require more than just a game to truly jump in there. I mean, you would have to have, like... A, a library to kind of justify buying something that costs more than the system that you're actually playing the game on. Um, I, I always jokingly and, and I, I jokingly say this, but at the same time, I believe that this would be a, a certain, this specific game would be a situation that if it, if uh, the developer, which I don't think they they would ever do this, but if the developer were to make it VR only, you would see VR headsets fly off the shelves and that of course is Half-Life 3. That's I I I'm, I'm, I'm serious I, like yeah I jokingly say that but at the same time seriously if Half-Life 3 was VR only holy shit the amount of HTC vibes that would be like magically you know flying off the shelves to so that people could play this game. Yeah. Skyrim 6. Ooh. See, I would be slightly scared of playing Skyrim in VR. That, that I think I would get
1: motion sickness. That you need the exploding helmet for. Oh, yeah. you've just been engulfed oh. in playing Oh, head. shit, you fell off your dragon. Oh,
0: you're you laying on your head. Kaboom. Okay, well, you, you had a good run there, my friend. Good run. No, I... Yeah. I mean, it will be... It'll be it,
1: you I would I think I was always more bullish on VR than you, but now I'm also, I think, much more of a skeptic because it is... It's a extra peripheral, which is not necessary for gaming as we know it. Mm -hmm. And if if anything, like the Nintendo Switch and the Steam Deck have further deviated from the idea of VR. They've like made it more mobile in that regard. Yep. So it is interesting where it's like, you know, five years ago, the whole idea was like VR is going to take off. And now it's kind of like, maybe it's always just going to be a niche thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, you know, the only time will tell, but to be honest with you, you could, you could say that phrase to anything. Only time will tell. Well, no shit, Sherlock. It's either gonna fail or it's gonna succeed. When is it gonna fail? Maybe tomorrow. Is when is it gonna succeed? Ten years? I don't know. Okay. Does the Xbox
1: on. even have a VR kit?
0: No. Okay. I think they I think they put more more of their focus on, on having the cross platform from mm-hmm. uh Xbox to PC.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh or sorry, Windows machines. Don't yeah. want anyone to get confused here. <laughs> Um, okay, so the next uh, bit of news that came in, which is very interesting, but at the same time, I don't know. I like, I want this to be good. Ladies and gentlemen, a very popular arcade game from back in the day, Streets of Rage, is oh getting a film adaptation with help from the creator of John Wick and Liongate. Lionsgate, sorry. Yeah.
1: You know, was it a movie or a TV show? Did it say movie? It's a good movie. Uh, but so, just, but yeah. from my
0: understanding, the 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 this the creator of John Wick, he's he's making an approach to, for it to have more than one movie
1: already out of the bat. Yeah. See, I. I think it seems to me like this is something that'd be a perfect studio for like a six to eight episode TV series per season type of thing where you can have like, you know, one or 2 badass action sequences per an episode kind of like into the badlands where you're like, I don't yeah. know if into the badlands, but like you actually have like, it was actually a pretty good story to be honest. Um, to begin with, yes, nominal yes. acting, the, uh, the Baron, the family, the Baron. Oh, he's—he's oh, yes. he's one of my favorite characters of any show, um, because of his acting. But you would then have, you know, the one or two crazy, awesome action sequences per a episode. But then you actually had a really good story and acting to go with that. Um, and it's different because now you can be very—I'm gonna be honest—I have no idea what's out in the theaters anymore. Zero. I know it's coming out on streaming devices like that's where in it. That, but that's where the demographic is going. Yeah. Where it's, you know, it's that's where people's visions are going is towards, you know, the Hulu's and the Netflixes, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's no longer, you know, going on a Saturday night and spending $60 at a movie theater for a couple of tickets and popcorn and a soda. I could do that in my living room for without Maybe. having to deal with a quad next to me on a cell phone the whole time um so it's kind of like it's interesting so i mean i'm always up for another john wick type of show yeah uh, i guess the question is you also have to have a badass female in it because that blaze is one of the main characters in the show and furthermore like because it's really the three characters it's blaze a black dude and i think there's two brothers if i remember right i'm trying i'm I'm trying to pull up the uh but i think those are like the four main people you can choose from um were those four characters so is it like are you gonna have like all four in this john wickish type of atmosphere um because really adam
0: axel or blaze saving the city from being overtaken by the criminal syndicate led by mr x
1: so are you going to have, like, all three in it at all times? Um, I mean, it, you know, because John Wick is obviously Keanu Reeves. John Wick, you've had the side characters. Yeah. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, it's really John Wick who made it happen. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'd be kind of curious to see. Who takes center stage? What's that? Who
0: who yeah. takes center stage and who, who basically
1: gets some spotlight on occasion? Yeah, I mean... I think you probably have to have at least Blaze and a Guy, like as kind of your main protagonist. Um so that's be- is,
0: Now now for those out there who, you know, we're 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 explaining this to you. For those of you who were born after basically because these games all came out like early nineties. So if you're like the 2000 babies, um you may have heard it may have heard of it when it came out on the 3DS back in 2013. I didn't know that, but Streets of Rage apparently came out on the 3DS. Which, oh my God, they, just thinking about that gives me a headache because to hold a 3DS exactly like that and then have to button mash so that you could do um, a total of 40 moves, such as headbutts, back slams, and reverse kicks.
1: It is a lot of button mashing.
0: Yes, it is. But that's—I mean—that's the—that's what the good old fighters of back in the day did.
1: The good old mash 'em ups, beat 'em ups, yeah. side scrollers, whatever you want to call them.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, they're side scrollers. I mean they, you know, you 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 uh traverse across this from one side of the screen to the other. Uh the original uh Streets of Rage um was eight levels uh long. And of course, you know, you gotta Oh boy, here we go again. I apologize if anyone's looking at the chat. We we've been streaming for just long enough for the, the bots to find us. Oh. So we just lost. So if you're watching the video and you don't actually see the chat the you're not on Twitch or on like Facebook or, or something else, the chat window just disappeared. Uh because I had to oh there we go. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Facebook likes to resubmit their posts, but Twitch does not. Um, it is for some reason you hit a certain amount of time on, uh, while you're streaming on, uh, YouTube and the porn site bots come attack. <laughs> Hooray. Fascinating. Yes. I did not know that. I, I learned, I learned about it or started really getting to experience the the joys of that, uh, during the extra live stream.
1: They really wanted to give you an extra life.
0: They wanted to give me an extra something. Okay, so uh, you know, so we'll see. I mean, you know, it's been announced. There's gonna be a Streets of Rage movie. God only knows when it's actually gonna come out. Um, but could be cool or could be absolutely terrible. But in in I mean, my I, mind, I... uh, you know, um, uh getting video games into, you know, video game stories onto a different, uh, uh, media. I'm okay with that. I mean, as long as this man was able, I don't know how, but he was able to, to get every single effing movie he wanted to, uh, to be based on a video game over to the movies, you bowl, but
1: we don't need any more. You bowl. Nope. I, I mean, if it's like John wick or it's just like beat you up in the face action, then cool.
0: I think I think I can. I mean, that's
1: what the beat 'em ups were. It was like there wasn't a whole lot of story. It was just button mashing. All
0: right. The next uh, the next bit of news is the fact that if uh, you, if either you you live in China or you have a friend who lives in China, uh, unfortunately, I believe I don't know if it it's immediate. Oh no, it will be. Um, uh, starting January 23rd of 2023, uh, Blizzard, all of Blizzard's games will no longer be accessible in China. Uh, no. Blizzard has not been able to, uh, reach an agreement with their, uh, their licensing distributor, uh, NetEase. Uh, so yeah, there will not be Blizzard, ge- unless something changes, which, could happen, but at this time, their uh, China will be losing um, all of their Blizzard library, which is yet another reason why uh, on uh, having all your games in the cloud can suck because your distributor could decide to have uh, you know a pissing match with. The the owner of the content, and then that content is no longer available, even though you paid for it or whatever. Sup. Yeah.
1: It's funny because I remember, like, in the past, like Blizzard and like World of Warcraft would like change the skeletons to like other sprites because of things that like the Chinese found offensive. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a huge because, like, No, let's be honest, no company wants to lose the Chinese market because that's so bloody large as far as money goes. Uh, So that's where it is kind of interesting that they were not able to reach this agreement because that has to affect their bottom line in some way.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, We have a chatter who wanted to know if you were Walter White. And I said, no, we can't afford him. So this is just our version not the drug, uh,
1: the drug. No, I'm, the, I'm the fake version. I'm the, I'm the rental Walter White. I
0: ironically, Zelius does have a bachelor's of science in chemistry and biology, but he doesn't use it that way. But as I also, far as have, I know
1: <laughs> I also have hair
0: for now. Well, okay. Touche. Ha ha. <laughs> no, but you know, I mean, this is, uh, you know, uh, this is, uh, what's happening with Blizzard and and NetEase? This unfortunately happens a lot in a lot of different industries. I mean, shit. Um, uh, I can't, what the hell are they called now? Bally Sports, I believe, is what they're called. It used to be Fox Sports South and all the regional Fox Sports. Uh, you you can't watch any of their programs on like basically any streaming service. You can't do it on YouTube TV. You can't do it on Hulu. Uh, I don't know if you could do it on AT Uverse. Verse. Or maybe I don't know if you could do it on satellite either. I think Comcast might be the only ones who could do it. Or maybe Comcast doesn't have it, and it's only on satellite. It's a crazy ass bullshit. What what's what's the distributor and and the uh, you know the content providers start button heads? Oh, buddy, it it could be nasty, and it it's not. It might very well not be a quick fix. I mean, hell, I haven't I I. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a huge Atlanta Hawks fan. I have not been able to watch an Atlanta Hawks uh, basketball game at my house in four years because I don't get the channel. Now, I have ESPN+, and if I was not in Atlanta, I would be able to watch the game. But because I am in Atlanta, it's the regional bullcrap that locks it into the regional affiliate.
1: I do have some good news for Blizzard players, though. What's that? Uh, Diablo Immortal will still be able to be played by Chinese players.
0: Because it would be through uh, mobile networks, right? Instead of through the the PC? Yeah. it's just be a different distribu- distribution it was just—it it
1: was just a separate, like I guess, whatever they had with Diablo Immortal was a separate agreement than the PC-based games. It would—it wouldn't
0: surprise me because you're—you're you're basically filtering through a different, um, uh, network connection. Who knows? So if you have, you know, it. it uh, so you
1: thing is we need World of Warcraft on our cell phones?
0: I'm surprised that hasn't happened, to be honest with you. After the Activision Blizzard merger, I'm surprised that has not happened. Sam said, if you have a smartphone or a PC, you have every sport on the planet for free. Come on now. Actually, a mm-hmm. lot of the um, a lot of the stream providers require you to lock in your location. And if you try to dick around with it a lot, it will lock you out of your account. Which I found out the hard way with YouTube TV when I had YouTube TV. Cause I used to do the, I, I used to do VPN to try to be like, I'm in uh, Des Moines so I could watch the Hawks game. you are like, no, you're not. Your account is is supposed to be with the uh, with uh, Atlanta. So you're locked into Atlanta. I don't care where you are. <laughs> They're getting smarter, damn it. You know, it's the same thing as the uh, uh, sharing the Netflix. up oh, and we lost Zelius.
1: And Zelis and is back! It's Hooray! It's like my once a week leaving.
0: Yes, Zel- Zelis has to dramatically leave in the middle of the show and then come back and say,
1: "Hello, look at me." I'm back to keep on, keep on keeping on in my free time on Odds Confusion. Yeah, yeah. So
0: I mean, uh, hopefully for those gamers who are desperate for their Blizzard itch, maybe they find a quick agreement. Otherwise. Uh sorry. Okay, the final the final story that I want to talk about cuz we're we're almost out of time, but there is a nasty rumor that is circulating right now around Dungeons and Dragons. The upcoming Dungeons and Dragons is called one D&D. Uh there is a rumor that's saying that they are basically going to um stop the ability to for individuals to legally publish homebrew content for this new rule set, mm. which in my mind is the stupidest effing thing you could do. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it would not surprise me for someone thinking that Wiz- from Wizards of the Coast, they got this is probably a brilliant idea because uh, Wizards of the Coast, which I-, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they're owned by Hasbro and Hasbro has already been and the news as of late saying that they're squeezing the shit out of Magic the Gathering to try to get to ink every single little
1: penny. Not surprising. It's kind of a situation like, you know, Magic and D&D and those games like they were born, you know, maybe a little idealistic here. But they were really born out of love of the game yeah. and, you know, also being close to that source material as far as what do the gamers want. Um, And when you start, you know, being purchased by larger companies like that, it all comes down to the IMIOT dollar and where's the last cent of the monies to make our shareholders that one extra dollar for, you know, the end of year or whatever. So it would not surprise me at all. And unfortunately, it'll probably be the type of situation that you see, that it's not entirely uncommon where maybe short term there's some extra gains, but long term, no. And I don't know why short term there would be extra gains, to be honest. Like, it's not like, yeah, I don't, I just don't see the benefit, honestly, of doing that. Like, because one of the things that makes dnd so popular is the ability to homebrew and share those homebrews and do that shit uh i mean think about it, like if you look at like DD look for group games they're typically not played by a classical rule set they're all some kind of homebrew now they're based in the DD rule sets they yeah. still have to purchase all the DD stuff in the first place but then they're doing their homebrew on top of that so it's not mm-hmm. like you're filching it for free or anything right You still have to be invested into that ecosystem. But it's like, and I think that's where the people on top miss the whole point where people are so invested, particularly in something like Dungeons and Dragons, where it really is truly a labor of love, where people spend tons of hours on these homebrew sets.
0: Got to buy a 20-sided die? That's what Sam Grizzle said. Go to go to any gamer convention and you'll, you'll get a huge ass cup and just scoop it into the bucket o dice and you will have probably a shit ton of 20s in there.
1: Now, my guess is part of what this is born out of is they have this license for third edition, mm-hmm. which is a part what Pathfinder was born from. Yep. Was basically that. So it's probably the fear of that. But I would argue that all of the extra popularity of Dungeons & Dragons because of the GPL, their open gaming platform license, outstrips the loss of gamers from Pathfinder. Because most likely people who play Pathfinder also play Dungeons & Dragons. There's such a strong overlap between the two where it's not like this magically mutually exclusive group between the two. Um, So it is interesting Because 5th edition Uses the open rule set So I'll be kind of Cares to see where this goes An (sighs) immense black market For D&D homebrew Yeah Yeah Now where I'm surprised They haven't tried tapping more Is the online market Meaning because I know there's like online gaming sets yep. that you can use, like higher grounds and stuff that you can use mm-hmm. to play D online. I I know that already exists, but I'm surprised that like there has not been a conservative effort from Wizards of the, the Coast slash Hasbro yep. to really come full circle with the online Dungeons and Dragons platform. Mm-hmm. Um because anything I've seen from the online element is because you have like that dungeon master and players who are willing to kind of go through some hoops to make it happen. Right. Um. So I'm, that's where I'm actually surprised is they have not fully embraced kind of online, like almost like all in one, like you know, purchase like download the Dungeons and Dragons on your iPhone, play, look for group, and within ten minutes you'll have a group to play with. Like, something like that, I'm surprised I don't hear anything about that.
0: Well, for me, you know, the um, I always saw, you know, um, Dungeons & Dragons, you know, you you, you buy the books, uh, and then you may buy, like, you know, one of the campaign guides or whatever to kind of start off, get your feet wet, and if you're really into it, that's when you started, you know, maybe you know, mucking around in in the homebrews because maybe there's a homebrew out there for, with your favorite, uh, I don't know, nostalgic TV show or something. Um, you know, and that just allows you to get even further entrenched, but you know, I, 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 Hope I mean it once again, this is just a rumor. It's not been confirmed, though some people have said, Yeah, there's there's you know, there's sources that are saying, yeah, it's gonna happen. <clears throat> um but I I I understand. Uh companies want to make as much money, 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 money as possible. But um you know, th- this is Dungeons and Dragons is kind of you know, it started in and, you know, your parents' basement where you're trying to be cool and you're wizards and dwarves and elves and giants and gnomes and all that stuff. And it's really the fan base that drives it. I understand that, that you got to make your money, but I don't know to kind of like cut the fans off at the knees going, yeah, your content illegal now.
1: Yeah. Cause that's where D and D is so unique where it is. Like, let's just pick another game, like Ticket to Ride. Like, anybody can pick up Ticket to Ride, Mm -hmm. and any group of four people can just kind of start playing it. Yep. But Dungeons & Dragons is something where you really have to have that person as dungeon master who's really invested in really creating a story in a game. Even if you have, like, you know, the guidebook and how to do the story. Right, the campaign guide. What's that? The campaign guide. Hey, thank you, campaign guide. Yep. You still have to have that dungeon master who's gonna invest what needs to be invested to make it a gaming experience for the rest of the party, right? So that's what I said. Like, yeah, it's it's very different from the typical board game in that regard. Um, yeah, so I I think most Dungeons and Dragons people. Would think it's a terrible would be it would yeah, you, you say exactly right, it'd be cutting their own knees off to do it. And it's like I don't even see to or see where the shortcoming. you know, because most of the wow, this is a terrible decision. It's because there's like short term profit involved, right? Because you cut your staff or you know, whatever it is, but in this case, I don't see even what the short term benefit is um of doing this. So yeah. Yeah
0: yeah I, I just there's you know whatever mm. it's stupid in my opinion absolutely stupid right. if, if it if it's true so yeah. anyways uh ladies and gentlemen we have unfortunately reached the end of our show um we will be off next week cuz it is the turkey day uh, um yes it is the what if we
1: live casted eating turkey
0: i i would be was it tryptophan I would be like half conscious with like maybe like half a uh, a turkey leg in the side. Of, no, it's not it would not be pretty.
1: Oh, what if you live cast you or steamy? What is what do you do with the don't you do your Oh I, I smoke
0: or- I smoke a a turkey every single year. Um there you go. It is uh, this year will be an eighteen pound bird, so it's a nine hour smoke. Nice. Yep. All right. So ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Altered Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zealus, it's been a pleasure giving it to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back in two weeks for another amazing Altered Confusion Thursday Night Hangout.
1: Remember, kids, keep on eating turkey in the free world. Gobble, gobble.